News Radio 610 WTVN for the defense. The only live legal show of its kind in Columbus. The Coffle Law Firm, one of Ohio's leading criminal defense firms. Your host of For the Defense, Columbus Attorney Brad Coffle. It's 12.06 p.m., uh, May 31st, 2020. And it is our, uh, oh, we got our three year anniversary next week. And this is our first show of two hours. Um, Nice of uh, iHeartMedia and 610WTV and the program director to give us an extra hour, and it's, uh, we'll take it. I think they knew it would be put to good use. The first hour was, you know, uh, and again, the show is always going to be on iHeartMedia's uh, website uh, or on the uh, on the app, 610WTVN's uh, uh, website, um, Apple iTunes on Sunday afternoons, and on my law firm's website on Mondays. Uh, com, K-O-F-F-E-L-L-A-W.com. And we're wading into the very dangerous conversation of race, policing, uh, rioting, protesting, politics. We've stayed away from politics so far, and we'll try to do that for the next hour. Unsuccessfully. <laughs> and uh, But the first half of the show, I think, police, and I'll just briefly reiterate i you know police have a major image image issue right now in america and do the cops deserve it the answer is no but it depends on who you are i think that a large chunk of americans don't think that police are there to protect them but are, are there to bully them arrest them harass them and i think that's a large share of uh i think that's the, the shares of citizens that feel that way are largely black and hispanic americans younger people lower income individuals and they don't have as much deference to the use of police authority, but the police authority got to be lawful, and maybe they contest the lawfulness of what is otherwise lawful use of police authority. And I think confidence in, in police authority increases with age, and income, and education. And uh, But yes, there are men and women who should not be wearing a badge and carrying a gun in America, and there are doctors and lawyers who shouldn't have their licenses because they also have the ability to influence and make major decisions on behalf of people. And, you know, there's just some bad actors. Uh, and Mr. Floyd's death was horrible. It's disgusting. And if you haven't watched all eight plus minutes of it, you need to go see it. But that's what stoked these longstanding racial tensions here in America. And, and to some, does Mr. Floyd's death fall into a larger pattern of clashes between police and residents in black communities? Hmm. And I think that's where we start to separate. But I think many, many, many black neighborhoods in the country have been subject to over-policing the last 30 years. And a very different kind of police practice that, that you don't have in predominantly white neighborhoods. The way Bexley is policed versus the boundaries to the east and west are going to be different. And that is a, a very deliberate f- type of policing that was tr- uh, taught in the 90s as a result of drug-fueled gang violence in our, mi- our major American cities, of which Columbus is number 14. Policing um, had a major change. It used to be you had a problem, you call the police, police show up, react. Two minutes or less, three minutes or less, respond to calls for service as they came in. Well, now... In the 90s and since then, in these communities, you've had several decades of proactive prevention 
policing. And it was very deliberate. And was it because they were, uh, these are black communities or because these are communities high in crime? Depends on who you ask. Which came first? Depends on who you ask. But it's a sensitive conversation that needs to be needs to be had. Uh, but police are trained that the individuals who are shooting up neighborhoods, terrorizing neighbors, dealing drugs, poisoning the neighborhood, running away good businesses, ro- uh, robbing those good businesses, this isn't the old West, and the the, the bad guys. Uh, don't trot into town on horses anymore. They drive in cars, so police were told. Cars are where you find the guns. Cars are where you find the dope. Cars are where you find the people with warrants. Cars are where you find people, uh, a stolen vehicle, a carjacking. And so police are tra- were trained to scrutinize vehicles for non-moving violations, a broken taillight, expired registration. How do you feel when you get pulled over from a police officer? Well, you're already probably a little nervous. Um... But how about with the way the officer treats you? Does he have to be a jerk or she have to be a jerk to you? I remember getting into a huge argument with a police officer in Upper Arlington on my way home for lunch one day. I stopped at the stop sign. I saw her in her cruiser 50 feet away. I stopped and I pulled through. And she followed me right to my driveway, pulled in behind me, lights on. And as I got out, she ordered me back into my car. Well, I, I wasn't having any of that. I was wrong. She's in control. I was wrong. She wants to be back in the car. I get back in the car. I I didn't handle it the right way. I got out. She asked me if I lived there. I said, garage door just went up. How'd that happen? Coincidence. (laughs) And then I told her, turn off your silly emergency lights. This isn't an emergency. Now, this was uh, Burlington had dash cam, just got dash cam. I knew I was being recorded. I saw a little black mic on her on her on her uniform. Would I have treated a veteran police officer that way? She was new. Would she have treated me that way? How she handled the situation? It was a stinking stop sign. I came to a stop. And if I didn't, it was a nanosecond off. Did it require a traffic stop? Well, imagine that over decades and you're a young uh, black or Hispanic American. That's your contact with law enforcement. That's your really your only – I grew up with my, – my, I grew up with an uncle who was a sheriff of Columbiana County for 30 years. I grew up in law and order. So much of this population is not. But when traffic stops become the most frequent touch point between the police and young minorities, and they're getting pulled over for Mickey Mouse stuff or nothing, you have the birth of DWB. Driving well black. And I'll tell you right now, it absolutely DWB exists. But how does that type of policing in poor minority neighborhoods harmonize the relationship with the members of that community? It has to feel like a jail yard without bars, but with the guards. And so the, the, it's time for some activism, but experienced activists, people who understand on both sides of the aisle what's really going on at a molecular level in the neighborhoods. 
that type of policing needs to be replaced with more neighborhood policing that prioritizes relationship building over enforcement. And right now may not be a great time for white cops to be policing black neighborhoods unless he or she grew up there. So if you're a young thug or a young rioter, get your high school degree and go to the police academy. We need you. We all need you. I've spent three nights watching Fox News and CNN, watching cities burn, your communities burn. Listening to the social media influencers and celebrities are going, yep, this is what happens. Yep, keep doing it. Encouraging and endorsing that behavior when we all know that for the next decade plus, their neighborhood that they just destroyed is going to be blighted. And all that money of infrastructure that's been put in over the last 10, 20 years, it, it's downtown. That investment, that's going down the drain. When it's not coming back. There was a guy that uh, um, I think it was either MSNBC or CNN was yeah. looking at, that Bala guy that had yeah. the Scores franchise up in Minneapolis. Yeah. Uh, here's a, a black man with his wife saved up their entire lives to open up yeah. a Scores franchise, which is just a sports bar. And uh, they were going to be I open Scores up. was a strip joint in New York. No, no. That's a, it's also a sport bar. Okay. And um, they spent their whole life to get this franchise. They were going to open up right after the whole COVID thing lifted. They didn't, hadn't done any business yet. And their whole place was just destroyed. They didn't have any insurance yet because they, they didn't hadn't opened yet. And they were even trying to make off with the empty safe. <laughs> Poverty in the United States is the culprit. Poverty across the world. Poverty leads to crime. Poverty leads to the inability to self-govern. We have a self-government problem. We have a poverty problem. And if you're just, if you didn't catch the first half of the show, let me give you a statistic. The states with the highest poverty rate for whites is West Virginia at 17%. Remember that, 17%. There are only three states with poverty rates for blacks less than that. 47 states... Nearly one in three black Americans live below the poverty line. Ohio's at 28%. Iowa leads the nation at 36%. So poverty leads to the inability to self-govern, does it? We have a failure of self-government problem. Uh, do we have, is there, why are a disproportionate percentage of black Americans living below the poverty line? Well, uh, let's look back. We can go back to the beginning. Three-fifths in the Constitution. They were given a, a, a vote entitled to three-fifths. Well, you realize that was an, uh, an anti-slavery provision. Yeah, but that's not how it's historically viewed. Right, because it's just uh, no one realizes the actual aspect of that. You had uh, Plessy versus Ferguson. I mean, it wasn't until the late 70s that we actually got desegregation. Now, then the other issue is uh, on, on segregation and education. The educational system in Columbus City Schools is abysmal. So um, there are so many contributing factors to poverty that is not necessarily tied to race. That needs to be, that needs to be teased out of this conversation. We've got to figure out where's the common sense that leads to decent behavior, that leads to self-government, that leads to a free society, that doesn't need to lead to police 
over-policing in your neighborhoods. So there's, there's some poverty. responsibility there as well. Does poverty cause crime or crime cause poverty? We'll talk about that some more after the break. Brad Coffle, Eric Wilson, 610 WTVN. Brad Coffle, Eric Wilson, we're back. It's 1220, May 31st, 2020. Uh, we're going to pivot into the George Floyd case, uh, specifically from a defense attorney's perspective. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, possible charges, uh, charges, indictment, and how that case may unfold. And these uh, cries for murder, I, I think uh, the general and I are in agreement that uh, this this was this was not murder if you understand what murder is i don't think that the this officer's purpose was to take his life he may have been reckless he may have been negligent uh but uh, the purpose you know murder is a purpose to kill general what's your what are your thoughts on uh, on mr floyd's uh the, the officers at least uh, that particular officer and um the con- the criminal conduct well, first of all, did you see criminal conduct on the part of that officer? I certainly did. Great. What did you see? Well, the, the first thing you have to understand is that there's three degrees of murder. Uh, there, homicide. Well, homicide, yes. There's a third degree, which is when your negligence causes the death of somebody else. So if you're going along, you're texting while you're driving, and uh, and, and you miss a stop sign and you hit, and you kill somebody – that's homicide, but that is uh, the third degree. Then you get into second degree murder or homicide when you're talking about being reckless. That's more than negligent. That's driving 90 miles an hour down the road, going through stop signs. You're not trying to kill anybody, but hey, I, I, I don't care if the light's red. I'm going through. That's recklessness. That's second degree. And then the first degree murder is, hey, there's that guy that I hate. I'm going to run him over. And then you do. Mm-hmm. Now it's well, obviously intent, intent, inherent, you know, it's purpose. The right purpose. now, I don't see how anybody would think that this would be intentional murder of Mr. Floyd because, first of all, this officer never knew Mr. Floyd before. There, there was no background with them hating each other. Uh, there was you don't commit an intentional murder when you know you're being filmed. Okay, that that that's ridiculous. You, you know, you got all these these phones are out looking at you. You've got your own body cam. You don't do intentional murder when you know you're being filmed. Now, you certainly do second-degree homicide. You certainly do third-degree. That, that's, that's where this should lie here. And there's all these people out there saying, you know, why isn't this guy charged? Why isn't this guy? Well, he has been, okay? But think about this. Would you, those of you who want justice for Mr. Floyd, do you want this to be done quick, speedy, and sloppy by the prosecutors? Or do you want it done slow? by the book to make sure that justice is done here. You can watch the video and see that his purpose was not to kill, in my opinion. I, I just don't see any uh, rational trier fact would think that his purpose was to kill. So that takes a uh, first degree that takes the murder off the table. Especially about after the autopsy comes out and showed he didn't die of asphyxiation. The, the cop seems, he seems to be very calm. He seems more concerned with the growing crowd, but he had a, 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 just a disdain, a, a, just a contempt for Mr. Floyd's being, uh, just to sit, just to, just the from a, forget about the fact that he's a police officer, he's still a man first inside a uniform, in a uniform, but just to kneel on someone's neck like that for so long, 
is is that uh, what I consider to be more of a deliberate indifference, which would be the reckless, which would be uh, the second degree. That's what I see. He 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 seems. Uh, I I think it was more than negligence. What was the use? Was the use of force the proximate cause of death? What we need to know also is in the jury instruction, if this case goes that far, which I think it probably is going to have to, is the jury instruction in Minnesota going to be that the use of force was the proximate cause of the death or was the use of force a cause of the death? I think it would have to be a because if it was if he died of asphyxia, then certainly it would be the cause of death. But there were a lot of things wrong health-wise. What's the jury instruction going to say in Minnesota? That's what I don't know. Right. I don't know that There's, either. It's a big difference on the on a word. If the jury instruction says the cause of death, then it's almost – then the defense gets to argue the other potential causes or the other causes. If the jury instruction says a cause, uh, then it's going to be a near certain guilty verdict. So it's going to come down to that jury instruction. It is. Uh also, does Minneapolis police have a restraint technique that the cop was using? Was it misplaced? Was it, you know, did he do it wrong? Was he trying to use an approved technique but did it wrong? Was he negligent in the use of his technique? That could also drop it down. All body cam needs to be released from the initial contact with Mr. Floyd through Mr. Floyd's, I think it was his lifeless body or near lifeless body that was rolled up onto that stretcher and hauled away. Um, and, and so based upon a large man being face down on pavement and not being brought to his feet tells me there was quite a big a struggle to get him compliant. So uh, just as when and, I, and if you're just joining us, I shared a story that I had with with a uh, Brunton police officer years and years ago, pulled me over on a stop sign that I didn't roll Uh <laughs> And I got out of my car to to have this conversation. I was in my driveway and I got out of the car and I was ordered back into my car. Well, when a police officer tells you to get back in the car, get back in the car. Right. Do okay. your arguing in front of a judge. Yes. So I handled it wrong. Uh, but I what I what I what I need to know is uh, what was Mr. Floyd doing leading up to this that caused him to be face down and handcuffed? Uh, and. Um, but again, is that even you know? To, is a jury even going to care? Are they just going to spend the minute on the, the spend the eight minutes looking at the how, the slow death from a legal? But point I don't of think view, this is going to be a murder conviction based on what I currently am saying. Yeah, from a legal point of view, I don't know that you know, what he did beforehand really has any uh, basis. Once he's in handcuffs, you know, at that point, the the force structure did just it changes all around. Yeah, I mean, a lot of departments train their police that if you're the one that took this guy to the ground and wrestled around with him and finally got him to the handcuffs, the moment another police officer who didn't do that comes along, you switch places. Well, yeah. I don't I, – I, I thought he was your prisoner and you're responsible for your prisoner. No. The, 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 you, like it's, it's the same thing happens in, the, in the, um, the, the high-speed chases. The guys that finally you know, pit maneuver the guy and, and are the ones that are the, most the, – they, no, What were they waiting on? Exactly. What were they waiting on? They're all there. They needed to switch places, get this guy who is obviously somebody who is involved in the uh, the scuffle. He's, he's the one that might have some animosity. He's the one that might be, you know, uh, have all the endorphins going in his body. Get a calm police officer in there to take over and, and take it from there.
We uh, work as a team here, gentlemen, not as a glory-seeking, uh, uh, you know, one-man law law office. We have uh, about about two minutes left, and I'm going to take that minute to, or those two minutes, to talk about riot control. Uh, and then in the, the, the rest of the show, we're going to talk about President Trump. Uh, CNN versus Fox. I flip back and forth on those. I was I, I wasn't even sure I was watching the same riots the way both those media outlets were handling this, and then the National Guard, and then you know um, there's something called the uh, that that Trump could could threaten, and I don't know that it's out there yet, but it's the Insurrection Act of 1807. We're going to talk about that after the break. But with the remaining minute or two, with riot control, uh, General, uh, you got uh, batons. I was trained in their use during riots. Tear gas. Trained with that, too. Pepper spray. Not too much trained with that. Rubber bullets. Not too much trained with that. Taser. Yes. Long-range acoustic devices. That was before. I was trained in the 80s. <laughs> we didn't have that kind of tech. I was waiting for the water cannons. Didn't eh, see any water cannons. Mostly right. Eastern Europe stuff. All right. Police dogs. Didn't Those were best on the cold days. Didn't, didn't see any police dogs. No, that that was a little strange. Now the horses. Uh, I didn't see mounted police on horses. Not in Columbus, but I saw a lot in Minneapolis. And the my, dogs would have been useful. And my favorite. <laughs> Where's Batman? I wanted the net guns. Oh, by the way, the White House and Secret Service, the old-fashioned bike fence handcuffed together. Right. That was. <laughs> I can't believe it. You get on this sidewalk, you're you're out of here. <laughs> well, you know what's on the other side. Yeah. And you don't want to find out. Nothing but hurt. Uh, we're going to talk about diff- what if the riots come to your neighborhood? What can you do and not do? Brad Koffel, Eric Wilson. We'll talk about that after the break. 610 WTVN. News Radio 610 WTVN. For the defense. The only live legal show of its kind in Columbus. The Koffel Law Firm. One of Ohio's leading criminal defense firms. Your host of For the Defense. Columbus attorney Brad Koffel. Carnage in the streets all across America, including uh, our beloved city, Columbus, Ohio. I went down Friday night at about 1231 o'clock just to snoop around. Uh, it was an unsettling scene. I saw police officers uh, in full riot gear in uh, the Pincer Formation as they uh, you're familiar with the Pincer Formation. Gentlemen. Come at them from the front and the side. And uh, uh, two lines of... Uh, of officers to go down and, and break up the riots. Uh, the show of force last night certainly quelled a lot that could have gone wrong. Still not sure why Minneapolis abandoned a police precinct the other night, Friday night, and there was no police, even called up the National Guard, and Minneapolis had them retreat after the curfew. That's what you get when you elected left-wing mayor. I, I, I don't, I mean, they did understand that the curfew was not for them. <laughs> They're exempt from the curfew. The curfew, <laughs> and they went home too. So uh, what happens if uh, a the riot uh, spills into your neighborhood? And um, I will tell you, I brought my I was, you know, I, I, I wasn't sure where this is all going. Uh, I brought my I brought my weapons in, I brought them in the house I, and uh, with kids at home. I, I've got the non-lethal force mainly. Uh, probably shouldn't say this on the air, but I mean, you know, uh, uh, I, the house now has lethal force, and uh, my kids are old enough, and and I'm I'm comfortable with with the firearms and and uh, the safes and how to handle everything. Uh, I don't ever want to have to, but I definitely I've had more friends 
um, on my walks the last couple of days stop me and ask me about what happens if they're riding, rioters are in my front yard. What can I do? Well, uh, there's something in Ohio called the Castle Doctrine. Uh, before the Castle Doctrine, you had to re- a duty to retreat if you were going to use deadly force. You had a duty to retreat and retreat and retreat until finally you could not safely retreat anymore. Now, however, under the Castle Doctrine, uh, if somebody comes to your house and they are assumed to be a deadly force threat and all the presumptions uh, are in favor of the person defending his home. Well, it's a home. It's a home. It's and not your it's not your business. Uh, tree line. Yes. It's you, your home. Yes. You can't you can't go out to your store, you know, where you uh, uh, sell tobacco or whatever and defend that. Unfortunately. No, no, no. You're, I'm talking about your yard. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. You, you, so if, if they're in your neighborhood, you can defend your home uh, and, and people trying to come into your home. But if, if people are in your yard and they're throwing Molotov cocktails yes. into you, anything that, was a, that presents that kind of a threat, then you are justified uh, in having them uh, take the room temperature test. There is, there, there is something about when I caution people, I'm like, look, if, if someone's in your yard, and the the you don't have a reasonable belief of imminent physical harm or or serious harm or death, then you can't shoot them. You know you don't you don't have our, our upstairs window is not a turret. Uh, depends on what they're doing, and if you, for instance, if uh, if if you were to grab your your nineteen eleven forty five your Kimber and you go outside, and you are confronted by an angry mob. And a half a dozen of them start to walk up onto your property line. Mm-hmm. And you're at the low ready position with your 45. And you announce you've got a gun, you show the gun, and they keep coming. That's a gray area if you kill one of those guys. Well, I'll tell you. Um, now, then we get it's into the, the old, which would you rather? Right, right. And I, I look at it as like, you know, my house is not much to look at, <laughs> and I wouldn't want it to be the last thing you ever saw. So don't come around my place, uh, you know, with that kind of stuff. If you want to come by my place and talk, and you want to talk about this, that, and the other, I'll sit there on the front porch with you and have a beer. But you come with Molotov cocktails, uh, things are going to go sideways not really the, fast. It's going to go from baseball to football. Come over to my house have a quarantini. I've perfected yeah. the quarantini. But the Molotov cocktail, uh, we're putting uh, lead down range. They could have some of my ammunition. They could have some. But it's important to understand the Castle Doctrine, what it doesn't cover. Right. And even in your garage, if your garage is detached and it's off the, yeah. the down the driveway or up the driveway a little bit, and they're in your garage. If someone's stealing your bicycle... You can't shoot them. Yeah, they're not. They're not a sitting duck. Right. If someone's stealing your car, you can't shoot them. But- so, yeah. So it's the self. De- that's the police. That's the police department's job. We've delegated property crime protection out to the police. Or you can use some use reasonable force. You can use commensurate force, but you you can use some non lethal, which is I keep, which is why I keep non lethal up until Friday night. I kept non lethal in my in my home. That's your dog's name. And I have non lethal in my car. Um. And for instance, on my baton, uh, you, uh, to keep that legal, uh, I put a, uh, a window breaker uh, thing on the handle uh, so that it is designed. Uh, my purpose in having that is to break out the windows of my electric car 
if it decides to not run anymore and the windows won't get out and I can't get out of my car. Uh, and I don't know that Tesla has a button to eject, but I keep an asp and I keep a uh, counter assault bear spray. I've got a cat that hates to be picked up <laughs> and I would throw that at somebody. <laughs> But that might be lethal force. I, I I am looking for a net gun. I still got on the brick. I was looking for the net. I do want to keep a net gun, and it would be fun to figure out a way to keep it, to have, like, net guns in my tree branches. Uh, and then, um, you know, if you have a horse, do you have a horse? Not anymore. So the good thing is to get a horse now. So you can't get a DUI on a horse. That's true. And a horse is a great riot control measure. That's true. All animals are because nobody blames the, the, the animal. They blame the, the person. Yeah. So well, I'd get a horse. Why did you get so close that you got uh, kicked by the horse? I would, I would keep my, my asp, my tear gas, and, uh, and then my, on my horse and go down and have my quarantinis wherever I want to go have those and then bring them back. And then if there's any issue at my house, I hop on my horse and deploy the net guns and the, and the tree branches. Uh, but I do have friends that uh, – I do have a couple buddies that actually do trim their uh, trees to have appropriate sight lines in the event of this stuff coming to their neighborhood. You've talked me into buying a mule. I'm just going to back the mule up. Them, you know? <laughs> uh, but anyway, on a serious note, on protecting your home, stay inside, call the police. If the police aren't showing up like in Minneapolis then uh, Friday night, then I think uh, – the 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 you have a little bit you're 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 going to wander into a real murky legal quagmire area the moment you open your front door and step out. And the other thing is too that you know it may be that a jury would never convict you, but it will convict your bank account. Because the you're going to spend spend a lot of money yes. defending yourself. Now, uh, what if Vanilla ISIS shows up, uh, Antifa, and uh, there, you know, it'd be fun maybe just to get the net gun on one of those guys. Electrified net gun. Right. <laughs> oh, uh, we're going to take an early break and we're going to come back and, and we're going to talk about the different treatment between CNN and Fox. I kept an eye on all those. Uh, what would Martin Luther King Jr. say about what's going on? And, and uh, the National Guard is out. We're one step away. We're one step away from uh, the man in the White House. Activating the Insurrection Act of 1807. We're going to end the show on that one. Uh, it's 1243. Stick around about 1245. So I got my hands on the Antifa manual, and it says do not distribute to in- any white males. Let me pull this up here. Do not distribute to any CLS white males. Not sure what that means. And this entire document is not to be uh, distributed. Uh, says, do not distribute to any CLS white males, non-POC, non-LGBTQ peoples also known as fascists. Oops. And uh, one got out. It was accidentally dropped at a riot in Oregon last night or two nights ago. And those riots are planned. 
and it says, introduction, if you're reading this, it's because someone close to our movement trusted you with it. Please do not distribute to anyone who may attempt to harm or denigrate what we are doing. This is an anti-fascist manual. If you are reading this, you already know that we are a social justice movement against hatred, intolerance, and bigotry. <laughs> this manual outlines where we've been, where we're at. I'm not sure it's correct grammar. No, they're not supposed to end a sentence with a preposition. Well, I was in the middle of the sentence. And where we're headed within the next 100 years. But first, to understand how we got here, we have to understand. And there's a big uh, section on hundreds of, if not thousands of years of white privilege. Um Easily summed up as blah, blah, blah. Crashing, the the next section is crashing the borders, and then the the section control the media. It's important to gain control of the media through any means necessary. In these early stages of this movement, it's important, important not to alienate any white males who are on our side. The white shame and white guilt to... Kowtow men in positions of power into following our ideals. Some major media conglomerates are swinging to our side, but they've not yet gone far enough. Um, use your social media as a baton to slap down anyone who holds fascist viewpoints. Call them racist, homophobic, misogynistic, and create an echo chamber around you. Uh, once we firmly have control of the social media and most major media platforms, it's time to start Operation Truth. Operation Truth. And then uh, we'll, st- we'll spread the truth to the fascists who reject our ideology. It must be slow at first. Begin suggesting a piece of news video, tweet, or post uh, that the opposition could conceivably belie- believe in. And uh, new media, then we're looking for new media stars into witting or unwitting pawns for our cause. I don't know. They're using some language here that sounds to me like this was written by somebody who does not like Antifa. Echo chamber, unwitting. I don't know. Uh, then it has, uh, this This is, uh, it says, and I'm looking, I mean, it's a scan of it, like a photo from something they found on the ground. It says, uh a debrief will occur with AOEC representatives at Act Point Gamma Prime. Do not demobilize until instructed by an agitorg, A-G-I-T-O-R-G, or hire via 328-BG. And I think that's probably going to be their electric, uh, their uh, radio signals to communicate. So general behavior. This is interesting. This is an Antifa manual that was found in Oregon. Do not congregate with other ops or ox ops, A-U-X, in groups of more than two. Do not make prolonged eye contact or speak with more than two other ops. If you must speak with other ops directly, please do so via 328BG comms. When not in crowds, keep hands out of pockets and keep them visible. Avoid being caught in open spaces. Stick close to other locals participating in the demonstration. Do not spend too much time on your 328BG. Use it sparingly. We're trusting you to act independently as much as possible. Navigate using only the approved protected corridors. Stick to your personality profile assignment. Uh, Bottles, rocks, sticks, and other small blunt objects are permissible as long as the use of props has already occurred among other demonstrators. So uh, the... uh, there are these on-site pamphlets 
from uh, uh, white ISIS, uh, vanilla ISIS, Antifa thugs, uh, their rules of engagement. Uh, so this is this is what uh, you know. This is what is underground here in America right now. We've got to deal with. Uh, General, uh, any thoughts on uh, on 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 that? Well, it's it's just uh, remarkable opportunism. Um, you know, I, I look at this as you know. Here, here's something that what happened to Mr. Floyd that we can all agree on. Everybody agrees this was not a hoax. This was not Tawana Brawley from the 1980s. This was the real deal. Uh, this was something we all saw. And we, where we could have all gotten together and stood together and really changed something. Uh, but then a bunch of really selfish people uh, took all of Mr. Floyd's suffering, all of his pain, all of his anguish, his final moments of humiliation, all that powerful, hard video evidence of injustice, and they threw it into a trash can in exchange for jumping up on a car and yelling, look at me. Others yeah. took it to steal t- TVs from Target. Yeah. I saw, you know, cases of, of beer and everything else. I, I, they, 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 don't, they don't loot libraries. Yeah. You know, they don't loot bookstores. So Emmett Till, uh, Emmett Till comes to mind. And, uh, you know, if you saw Mississippi burning, uh, it's just, you know, this, this, this is also real. Emmett Till was a 14-year-old um, African-American boy who was lynched in 1955. His crime offending a white woman in the family grocery store. Uh, the brutality of his murder was one thing. The fact that his killers were acquitted uh, drew so much attention down to Mississippi and the long history of, of persecution and violence of, uh, of the black community in the United States. And that, uh, that eventually posthumous, uh, posthumously became, he became an icon of the civil rights movement. And how MLK handled things with, 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 with highest moral and spiritual standards. I have three commissioned pieces of art that I own. I'm not an art collector. I'm not Ron Pizzuti. Uh, I have three. I asked an artist uh, at Tuttle Mall one time. I gave him a picture of my son when he was maybe two and I was holding him. We are on vacation. And this guy in one of those mall kiosks did a charcoal. I consider that a commissioned piece of art. I, I got Le- Leroy Neiman. Did you ask Leroy Neiman to do it? No. That's commissioned art. Okay. My second piece was I found an artist in uh, out in the Rocky Mountains who do really, she does really cool oil paintings of grizzly bears and moose. And so I did ask her to do something that matched the lobby of my law firm. So it wasn't Bob Ross. Uh, three years. And then last year, for whatever reason, I felt uh, I, I wanted a, a big oil painting, uh, an Andy Warhol style of Martin Luther King Jr., and I found a – I did find an artist online, and it was in England, and did it, and it's huge. Uh, it's five by five square of MLK. And I think the, 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 the America needs a voice like him, not Malcolm X, uh, not no, Black Panthers. Malcolm X. Later Malcolm yeah, X but was – not, not violence, not Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. And not LeBron James retweeting Colin Kaepernick. We're not going to get anywhere through violence. And there, there is a sympathetic ear here. Me, this guy in this microphone. I've watched twenty six years of I've watched you know, twenty six years doing criminal defense. I've, I've watched a bazillion police videos. I know how people are treated 
there's so much profiling. There's profiling that occurs with with all over. You can be a a, 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 a white woman, Stepford type of wife that's going to be treated by a police officer, and she's not going to like the way she's being treated by the police officer. Versus a young black male over here, and he's not going to like the way he's being treated by a police officer. Not very many of us like the way we're treated by police officers. Yeah, drive out of a par- our parking lot. You're going to get profiled. Right. So, but they have a job to do. And I talked to a very good friend of mine who is a longtime law enforcement, one of our suburban agencies, and attached to DEA now. And I talked, I called him, and I said, uh, I said, how you doing? It's Friday. I want to talk about something else. I said, how you doing? He goes, this is a bad day. This is a bad day. One idiot makes the rest of us look terrible. And the the, the, the thin blue line, we got to have the thin blue line. We should be able to wave our American flags without being called racist, xenophobic, bigots. But we need a, a real community. We do need a real policy change on policing these communities and the t- techniques that are being used. Quite right. So anyway, uh, great fun two-hour show. We're over. We'll see what happens in America this week. Uh, Talk about it next Sunday. Third anniversary show. Brad Koffel, Eric Wilson, 610 WTVN.